heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. Today, I am sure you're going to enjoy that we have. <laughs> you know, it's not every day that we actually have Andy in the audience. What's up? <laughs> but, you know, in, in when you think of the topic of today, you can't help but think of Andy. Hey, <laughs> right, we, we, Sam? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amber. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic to get to that is who's your daddy? It was kind of a theme from last week. We we talked about you're gonna be fathered, you know, that you know, God is your father. When do you remember God being fathered by God? But this week we're kind of thinking, well, somebody is gonna father you and, and Sam, you wanna share a little bit of how Todd used to teach that. Yeah, it was really pretty eye-opening to me. You know, I mean, I've heard the topic, you know, God is Father and and so forth, so forth for a while and, and really have come to understand it a lot more. But it really came into full perspective when you know, Todd said, you know, somebody's going to father you. It's who are you going to let father you? And I had to think about that for a minute, and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't let anyone father me unless I choose to, which would kind of be part of the problem. <laughs> and... Um, but, you know, people, if you don't turn to God and let God and submit to Him and let Him father you, then there's other things that are going to father you, the world, the orphan spirit, others' expectations, all sorts of things. Yeah, so along those lines, you know, we have a clip from Andy, <laughs> where apparently Opie had, and, and part of allowing somebody to father you is turning over control. And in this particular case, Opie from, you know, and the Gandy Griffith show is turned over, believe it or not, the fathering to Barney. And the result is a bit comical. The first thing you do is to get the psychological edge on your adversary by showing supreme confidence. How do you do that? You stand your ground. You brace yourself in case he throws that first punch. And then you just look him straight in the eyes like this. <laughs> like this, Barney? Yeah, that's coming. Close the eyes just a little bit more. And then if you have any trouble closing them, why, your opponent will close them for you. Andy, there's a time for kidding and a time for serious. Now, this is it. Sorry. Now, the next thing in self-defense is muscle control. And when you brace yourself for that first punch, you make yourself hard all over, and nothing can hurt you. Let me show you. And you hit me right there, just as hard as you can. Well, it won't make a dent. <clears throat> Go ahead, Ope. It's okay. Come on, Ope. Come on. See, I'm braced. See? Uh, you can't hurt me. Come on. All you got. Come on. Oh, uh, uh, you want to want to help Barney in that chair there? Did that hurt Barney? Oh no, that didn't hurt him because he was braced for it, weren't you, Barney? <laughs> as comical as that is, and it, it's comical. There are a, a few interesting fathering moments in there that I don't want to just slip past without us 
reflecting on it, right? Because mm-hmm. we got Harold in the studio with us, and Harold's been a father for almost 130. A long time. But but anyway. A a long time. You notice that Opie doesn't quite turn over control to Barney because he isn't going to hit him until his his actual father Mm. says, it's okay, Opie. Mm. Turn over the complete control. And he's he's being fathered actually by Barney and his father at this particular moment. But therein lies a, a critical aspect of allowing somebody to father you, right, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. I I really hadn't thought about it that much, but any time that you allow somebody to speak into your life, guide you, give you, impart wisdom or whatever, for you to take that and actually take action on it, that's giving them control. And I don't think about it that way. I don't say, okay, I'm going to make give them control to do this. But essentially that's what happens. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think, Vinny, you have a, you know, you grew up, in a completely different world, but fathers were definitely fathers. And if you had an Italian father from Sicily, I'm thinking that <laughs> there were not a lot of options other than obedience. Uh, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember I was 16 years old, getting into a lot of problems, and I quit school. And they says, no, you're not going to sit around at home. You're going to work for your uncle, who had a plastering contract business. So I went to work for him, and naturally, you work in pairs, partners. I was given the best plasterer there, Mr. Ramsey, and we used to do Cornish work. And in the five years that I was partners with Ramsey, uh, maybe, maybe he said 10 words to me. It was always nodding the head, and I was supposed to understand it. But I did learn so much from him, and I got to love him as a father. Uh, and my own uncles, both of them, Angelo and Al, they fathered me too. And uh, But getting back to your friend, Ramsey. Yeah. A big part of the way that when I listen to the story, for those of us who do, do not know what Cornishes are, uh, okay. Like me, a, a Cornish is that very ornate piece of plaster that would be in an older church that's between the roof and the ceiling. That, well, even the apartment houses, the rooms. Right. That was the style, of cor- you know. And so this Cornish. guy, this this Ramsey, was the guy that literally made the molds out of wood and tin to, to pour that plaster in to somehow or another get it up. And and a, if you can imagine Vinny in the middle of all that with, like, one false move. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. He... Share with our listeners a little bit about those words he did tell you. What was he usually saying to you, Vinny? Nothing. Just look at me and nod his head. And that told me which way to go. Uh, You know, and I got to a point where I understood every move that he made. But you told me earlier that he would tell you, go on and you can do that. Oh, yeah. You know, you had to do it. But he... He also knew that I was the boss's nephew and uh, didn't matter to him, not at all. But, I mean, if he You know, wanted, part of what, what, what fathering is, Vinny, is actually giving your son something more difficult than he thinks he can do and then telling him, you can do that. Isn't that what Victor used to say to you? Victor always said that. You could do it. You sure, Victor? You can do it. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, that, and he just left it up to me and... 
I got this different feeling about, you know, about what I could do and what I can't do. So, uh, Vinny, what did that do for your confidence whenever he, he did that? Oh, what it built it up. He built it built it up. I became, oh, forget I was only 16, 16 to 18. Oh, when I was plastering anyway. But uh, he built it up tremendously. I would go into the, what they used to call the shanty when we used to eat lunch and everybody, and everybody used to look at me like I was some kind of big deal because I was Victor Ramsey's partner. Right. Well, we have a, a clip coming up that shows this particular man from the kingdom of heaven. He, he, he's going to teach his son how to fight. But listen to how he begins out. Like, I'm not going to treat this kid like a wimp. He's going to have to stand up like Barney, like Barney would, like Andy would say, on his own two legs. Pick it up. Let's see what you're made of. His hand is hurt, my lord. I once fought two days with an arrow through my testicle. <sighs> Never use a low guard. You fight well. Let's work on your skills. Take a high guard, like this. The Italians call it La Posta di Falcone, the guard of the hook. You strike from high, like this. Do it. Sword straighter. Come on. Leg back, bend your knees. Sword straighter. Defend yourself. The blade isn't the only part of a sword. And, and Sam, I know the, the beginning of that's a bit comical about the arrow and all, but it really is sending a significant masculine message from a father and a son because, right, a, a masculinity is, is, is passed from a man. It is. You know, it's bestowed from a, uh, a man to a son, a man to his nephew, uh, to a grandson, you know, um, a group of men, you know, um, loving on a, a boy that you know, brings him along into manhood, you know, and it's it's taking those things and letting them know that life is hard. You know, because if you start to transition, especially in this type of clip, you know, transitioning from the young boy who needs to be fathered differently like Opie to someone else that needs to know, okay, this next stage of life can be hard and it's not always going to be easy and you're going to get an arrow in places you really don't want one. Right, Andy? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was sitting there thinking, it was one one point about Vinny's that, I, that just really spoke to me. He talked about when, um, not to not to get off track, but just how he was he became in sync with the man that was fathering him in, in the to where they almost had a, they didn't even have to speak. They knew what the other one was doing. And that's the kind of the relationship that we want to get to a point with God, where we know our heart isn't connected with him to where we're, we're being fathered and guided by him. But as far as what Sam was pointing here is, is definitely there's through these different stages, the father works uh, through those different stages, you don't you get fathered differently from those different stages as, as you go along, and that's what spoke to me is that you know the same message that you got as a kid as a boy will not be the same in the uh, you know the night stage and the warrior stage those kinds of things. One of the really critical things that stuck out to me in that clip is you don't give up. If I can fight mm. several days with an arrow through my testicle, 
then I'm not going to give up. And that was one of the things that stood by me playing tennis years ago. The opponent knew I wasn't going to give up on a shot. No matter where it went, I was going after it. And that's one thing that I wanted to teach my boys is you don't give up. And another thing I learned from actually the doing the Father by God talk this time at the boot camp is that God is not the backup plan father, that he is bringing all sorts of fathers into your life that, you know, he brings a Barney and he brings an Andy <laughs> or he brings, you know, a soldier that knows how to fight. You know, when the student's ready, the master will appear. And who is the one that's orchestrating all that? Like this great crescendo of your life. It's God the Father. So we got a lot more coming up on Who's Your Daddy? Stay tuned. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. It's a Masculine Journey Boot Camp BOGO. Buy one, give one free. $199. What an amazing thing that would be to give somebody a gift, and what they really end up getting is their heart back. Listen to what it did for Andy. The Masculine Journey Boot Camp experience showed me I could truly hear from God, and that I could experience Him on a daily basis. Coming this fall, November 1st through the 4th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. definitely need our father that's what we're talking about today on the masculine journey who's your daddy you're going to be fathered by someone you might be fathered by the world you might be fathered by satan you know jesus clearly pointed that out to the pharisees one time you're listening to your daddy and he's sending you up the river uh sometimes we listen to ourselves because we're uh self-fathering slash the orphan spirit but sometimes we start out fathering, and then it end up being fathered by our own sons, right, Andy? A little so bit, yeah. A clip absolutely. Like that. Yeah, yeah. The the clip is my all time favorite. Andy Griffith clip, and uh, today's not a good week or a, day, a good day to be named Andy because I hear Andy for all the clips. But uh, it just seemed like we came up with quite a few Andy Griffith clips. But in this one, uh, it is it's humorous. You probably seen it on previews of Andy Griffith. It's just Opie. Has got his sights on um, spending money, not giving to the orphan children's uh, fund or whatever, and um, just basically Andy giving him a hard time. And then, you know, I'm not going to spoil it. You'll see the uh, how that turns out. Son, uh, didn't you didn't you ever give anybody anything just for the pleasure of it? Just, you know, something you didn't want anything in return for. Sure, just yesterday I gave my friend Jimmy something. Now that's fine. What'd you get him? A sock in the head. 
I, I meant charity. I didn't charge him nothing. I meant something for the joy of giving. I enjoyed it. I don't like Jimmy no more. He makes fun of Charlotte. Who's Charlotte? My girlfriend. Well, I, I just don't see how anybody who has got as much as you could care so little about others. I care about others honest. Not when you give a little piddling amount like three cents. That's being selfish. You, you should have given at least a half a dollar or a dollar. A dollar? Gosh, Paul, I only have two dollars and twenty cents in my whole picky bank, and I'm saving it to buy Charlotte something. Well, now that's dandy. That is just dandy. Whole dollars you'll squander on your girlfriend, Charlotte, but when it comes to the underprivileged children's fund, you've got only three cents. I wasn't going to squander it, Paul. I wasn't going to squander it. Yeah. What's squander? It's throwing your money away foolishly. Oh, but, Paul, I wouldn't be throwing it away. All I can say is if your head can be turned by a pretty face at your age, heaven help you when you're grown up. And don't you bother coming down for no supper, neither. Not at least until you're ready to give more than three cents. You can just sit down up there and study about that thing. Opie, you can uh, you can come on down. We'll we'll just forget about what we was talking about and and we'll have our supper. You like me again, Pop? Son, I, I never stopped liking you. You you know that. And we're going to forget about raising your donation at school and about breaking into your piggy bank. I like to, Paul, it, it, but it, like it, I it's said... It's all right. It's all right. You're saving to buy your little girlfriend Charlotte a toy. That's all right this time, I expect. No, Paul. Or if you, if you want to take her to the movies and buy her $2 worth of popcorn, that's all right. I'm going to buy her a coat. After all, it's your savings and whatever you... You're going to buy her a what? A coat. The one she's got's kind of wore out. It is, huh? Mm-hmm. When I asked her how come she didn't get a new one, she said because her ma didn't have enough money. And you were saving to buy her a coat for next winter? Mm-hmm. By then I'll have enough. Well, Opie, you never told me that's what the money was for. You never asked me. <laughs> yes, I didn't, did I? What are we having for supper? Well, you and Aunt B's having fried chicken, and I'm having crow. <laughs> Nothing like crow. I think I've had it grilled, fried, <laughs> barbecued. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that clip because it is. It's it's about you know somebody truly fathering a son, and Andy was a good good father. But it's funny how it can be flipped, and we I think there's a you you've probably heard um, just in the in in the Christian way of, you know, you're either being uh, either being discipled or discipling somebody else. You should be doing both. And um, in this case, it, it really is reciprocal uh, with these with Andy and and Opie. And I think the thing that I've learned is, you know, I don't know, I don't really look at people's age or anything where I used to. I'm not listening to them; they're younger than me. I mean, I don't do that anymore. I think it, it comes back to being a teachable spirit. And and what you receive from other men speaking into your life, you can tell if it lines up with the word and if it bears witness with your spirit, who's got God in it. And as you hear those different things, you receive from it. I, I, I've learned from Wayne. I think, believe he's younger than me, and I'm, I've learned a lot from him. I've learned from every man sitting at this at this table, and it's just you yeah, know God I think is, it's, he's orchestrating absolutely. It. And, and and you said something really interesting there. You said you know. 
you can tell by what lines up with the word. And so the reality is like, like we're talking about here, you're going to be fathered by someone. Um, and God uses a lot of different men in our lives to father us. Well, uh, the reality is those men are also broken in some way. Uh-huh. They're, they're teaching from um, their worldview that what they've been taught throughout life. And, and each one of us try to do it better with our own children. But we also need to view it from that perspective that, that they're probably teaching from a broken place right, as well. Right. And we got to look at what lines up with how God looks at us as sons. Right. And we have another clip, as you might imagine, from <laughs> Andy. Andy. In this case, Bill Bixby, before he turned into the Credible Hulk, <laughs> Uh, was a young whippersnapper, and, and it's interesting to listen to this fathering. Ronald Bailey, 19. Kind of young goat tearing around the country in one of these speed wagons running trucks off the road, ain't it? Sheriff, maybe I better straighten you out. Like it says right there in the license, my name is Bailey. My father is John Judson Bailey. You have heard of him. Yeah, we've heard of him. Well, then I guess you know that... Uh, my dad can have just about anything he wants in this state, including uh, that junior G-man badge of yours. Nevertheless, I'm holding you for leaving the scene of an accident. Paul? Hmm? You in a good mood? Yeah, why? If I tell you something, would you promise not to get mad? Well, it all depends. What is it? Well, it ain't hardly worth mentioning, but I think I better mention it. <laughs> you know that old window on Mrs. Pretty's back door? Yeah. Someone threw a ball and busted it. Would you by any chance be that someone? You mad, Paul? No, no, I'm not mad. Promise you won't get mad. You won't get an allowance till that window's paid for, okay? Sure. Huh? Weren't you sort of rough on the kid? How's that? Well, why don't, you, why don't you bail the little fella out? Bail him out? Well, yeah, it's just a window. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could uh, bail him out, like you say. But the only, only trouble with that, if, uh, if I was to do that, why, every time he'd get in trouble, he'd be expecting me to come to the rescue, don't you see? This time it's a broken window. Later on it'd be something bigger, and then something bigger than that. Now he's got he's got to learn to stand on his own two legs now. Uh, I got to keep that young and straight. I want to ask you a few questions, Mr. Dilbeck. Wouldn't you say that that old truck of yours is a traffic hazard? And furthermore, isn't it true that you were driving on the wrong side of the road, and that the Bailey boy did not hit you? In fact, you sideswiped his car. Therefore, it was your fault and not his. Isn't that true, Mr. Dilbeck? What say, Fletch? Go on. Tell him it's true. Well, Sheriff, what do you say to that? Well, I'll say I hope Fletch enjoys his new truck, because I got a feeling he's going to be a driving one. All right, Mr. Harrington, you win. Just a second, Mr. Harrington. That's not the way it happened. Ah? The accident was my fault. Now, Ron, you leave this to me. No, I'd rather not leave it to you. Look, boy, I'm trying to help. Well, I, I know that, Mr. Harrington, but the fact is... That... What are you trying to say? 
Well, it's, it's very difficult to put into words. It's just that it didn't happen the way you say. Your father will never understand this. Yeah, I know that. What can I possibly tell him? Uh, why don't you tell Mr. Bailey that the boy busted a window and wants to stand on his own two legs? <laughs> Sam, we have opportunities all around us to be fathered if we're paying attention. Yeah, we do. And, you know, I think the question is, you know, who are we looking toward to to do that fathering? You know, who are we submitting ourselves to? Who are we taking our cues from? You know, I think it, it's important to know what it looks like when other things father you. You know, life doesn't tend to work out real well when you let other things follow you or father you. Yeah, and Vinny... I don't know of a better example of that than when Vinny lost his first wife. Um, he went into a tough time over a period of years of struggling and coming to the church every day. But Vinny, at that point in time, you got fathered, fathered by some unusual fathers. Yes, and uh, I yeah, it was Father Draper and. Uh, Actually, I don't know if I could say uh, a woman. You can say it. Well, that's, that's exactly where I was headed. In this case, I know it was Sister Carmelita. Yeah, Sister Carmelita. She just brought me out of it and taught me something, and I've never gone back. It was her who saved my life. Well, tell us what she said. She says, Vincent, you're a good man. Get out of the bed. I got work for you to do for the church. Yeah, what's that, sister? She said, I want you to build a church. And I told her, I says, you're loony. She says, no, you could do it. I know you could do it. Anyway, long story short, over a number of years, we got the donations and the money. We had enough money for to build a church. And uh, I know... So in this case, we got to go to the to the the end. But we, we, you were fathered by a sister. A sister, <laughs> right? Exactly right. It's Tough. amazing. God brings all these people into your life at, for such a time as this. So we're so grateful. And and I would urge you to spend some time this week reflecting on the people God put into your life to father you at very specific, crucial times, and, and to think about, wow, He's been orchestrating this. The whole time. We would love to share more on the subject of fathering with you. You got to come register at the boot camp. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org.